Welcome to the first in a two-part series exploring porn, a favourite topic of mine. Here in part one, I can speak a bit from experience as I'm a man who has had these thoughts and feelings. Having said that, I'm not an expert or authority on anything, ever. But before we get into this most enjoyable of topics, this episode is not sponsored by those annoying dicks at NordVPN. NordVPN is the inexplicably expensive service that charges you a ridiculous amount of money for something you don't really need unless you use a promo code that gives you 70% off, in which case it's a fairly reasonable way of downloading illegal videos, you massive fucking pedo. NordVPN says it can block annoying ads, but uses annoying ad reads on podcasts that you can't block in order for you to purchase the service. After all, it's not as though there are free VPN servers floating around as browser extensions, are there? Sure, getting around geographical lockouts for Netflix is fine, but you can also do it for free at a decent enough speed. I mean, I used a free VPN to watch the first episode of New Quantum Leap, and honestly, I wish I'd slip my wrists instead. So sign up now with promo code MASSIVEWANKER81 for 70% off all the shit not even Reddit will allow. Some enjoy it others abhor it. But we've all seen it. It all begins with a woman. She could be in her teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and hopefully not 50s. But she's home alone in a glossy mansion overlooking Beverly Hills, doled up to the nines, but feeling neglected by the world and its legions of stupid, simpering men who don't want to fuck her. It doesn't matter if the poor boy's already clearing leaves out back or if the new neighbour's about to pop over with a pie. There's only one thing on her mind. Sex. Good sex. Women in modern porn with any decent production value and a script are portrayed as a predator. Sometimes they hunt actively, pouncing on unsuspecting prey with questing hands roaming in search of a zipper, or sometimes they're passive and masturbating on a bed while lying in the doorway, spinning a web of visual seduction to ensnare the passing man. But one thing in this type of pornography that is common, and that men enjoy, is power, or rather, the relief from it. Reunion Power is a successful theme in pornography produced for websites such as Naughty America, Brazzers or Team Skeet, which is a incredibly stupid name. And why not? Well, the empowerment of female characters in pornography is sadly not a feminist idea. However, feminists, in my opinion, should rejoice at this trend in general. You see, it is in fact a gateway into the modern male mind provided by the men who run these companies and are marketing their own fantasies. Fantasies that we should all really pay attention to. That these tacit desires have proven a hit with wankers across the globe is an indicator that this truth resonates with men everywhere, and what is this grand disclosure vindicated by the more successful of metrics of porn sites? Men who consume this type of commonplace content want women to at least be their equal, and at most, to fully express the power of female sexuality. You think I'm full of it? I don't blame you. So in the interest of clarity, I'm now watching some pornography. How noble of me. The journey to finding this type of porn is, however, not entirely hurdle-free. Pornhub, for instance, allows production companies to post various flavours under differing brand names, most of which are utterly ludicrous. Names such as Not My Grandpa, <laughs> Hijab Hookup, and Princess Come. <laughs> I don't remember them being in the royal family, but chances are that Prince Andrew knows them. Form a mismatched junky mosaic on the screen, however, boldly, I shall step upon these totally not at all familiar tiles <clears throat> and pick a video with as little thought as possible to land upon. Big booty Latina, fuck stranger from supermarket. Oh, good for her, I suppose. This video opens with one woman behind the camera following Sophia Leone as she's inspecting various wares in a supermarket in preparation for a barbecue. 
or at least that's the clean film-esque facade we're presented with. The screen is awash with blurred brand names, innuendos involving watermelons, and at one point, the woman behind the camera asks the male talent, Alex Jones, no, not that Alex Jones, I will eat my neighbours, if he has enough meat for the both of them. Chop his ass up! One car ride later, and there's questions about raw ass meat, and not raw ass meat, in women's mouths, wiener touching, and some... Strange camera work involving a Cheeto imitating a penis that won't be out of place in a remake of Prodigy's Smack My Bitch Up. The <coughs> comedy takes a backseat for the overt sexual tension to come forward in the sound of a camerawoman asking the man if his member resembles a hot dog sausage. There's an offer to show rather than tell which is duly accepted, and at the point of sexual contact, the woman is in control. It's easy to simply state that, but the video tells all, which is why I gave you the name of the video and its performer's name, so you can see I'm not lying. Alex has his jeans pulled down, his brief still on, and, importantly, is leaning back with both hands on the counter, nowhere near Sophia. His role is entirely passive as Sophia starts to stroke the prone bone, and it's her who exposes his meat, plates with it for a bit, then satirises it by placing it in a hot dog bun. Alex's hands are still on the counter as Sophia begins oral sex, at which point I stop watching because this article is about the characterisation of women in porn, not about watching people in porn, besides... It's very boring, it's not my jam. This video neatly illustrates the fantasies of many men and perhaps some women. The empowerment of a woman to casually go shopping, pick up some meat, have consensual sex and enjoy a sausage afterwards. I can't speak as a woman because, well, I'm not one, although I am certainly growing boobs. But as a man, I can say this provides men with the relief from masculinity that some of us secretly desire. In the world of dating, thankfully changing thanks to apps like Bumble, men have traditionally been seen as the initiator, or for lack of a better term, the hunter. And it sucks. It's a game where you're blindfolded, spun around three times, and told to wander off and succeed. In an environment such as a nightclub, pub, bar, or wherever you young people go nowadays, a man is similarly blind and confused. So imagine, if you will, a couple of spunky young chaps at a bar in London, Manchester, or any other dystopian conurbation you care to imagine that's full of... <laughs> Spunky chaps. Bases pounding. People have to shout to hold a conversation. Lighting subdued. Men and women, and so you're getting sloshed, working up the courage to talk to one another. There's no clear-cut method of pre-selection available, like filtering by whether or not the potential partner you see wants kids or if they enjoy lung cancer gifted to them by smoking. No traffic light system or neon signs. The group of three girls at a bar. Evolution tells our primitive man brains that they're showing cleavage to entice a mate. Truth, where society is at odds with evolution, is that it might be hot out, or that they simply want to look or feel good. Either way, our chaps have no way of knowing if they're out looking for a casual hookup, a relationship, or the most probable scenario, they just want to drink and be left in peace. This seems more than reasonable, so what about the two women against the wall over there? Body language has them standing next to one another, but with torsos facing the room at large, indicating they're not enclosed and perhaps open to approach. But again, are they evaluating the men, other women, or just the eclectic artwork on the walls. Maybe they're looking at other men, hoping they'll be approached by them. If our homes de jour decide to approach or even hit the jackpot and get a little nod, there's the second problem. Rejection. And rejection hurts. It's not intended to. I've overheard groups of women talking about this, and the consensus, at least when I was dating, just after the last ice age, was that the effort was appreciated. Sure, there wasn't a spark or good conversation or whatever was required, but that a man had the courage to attempt deserved respect. Rejection hurts because courage is a finite resource. 
True courage, and confidence is at least, the kind that's bestowed by an excess of alcohol is indifferent, indestructible, and makes men look like massive wankers as they inevitably fall from the social graces to be avoided as they piss themselves in a gutter while gnawing on a drainpipe they could have sworn was a kebab. Two, approach a woman in a common dating scene to expose a little of yourself to overcome several types of fear, such as self-doubt, feelings of inadequacy compared to other men, a fear of being open and vulnerable. Such a feat is, depending on the man, sometimes very difficult to overcome and in many cases impossible to do so. For them, they can only expend so much courage before they feel it's time to go home, feel like crap and indulge in the fantasy that there's a woman out there who will not only feel willing to accept them, but also make them feel wanted. Again, I can't speak for any woman, but social media gives me the impression that feeling wanted is a pain in the arse. It's objectification, leering, catcalling, all of which are behaviours that simply have no place in the 21st century. For men, we dream of a mere sliver of this attention for the basic reason that it doesn't happen to us. There's still novelty to be had in being openly admired that hasn't denigrated into being evaluated as a piece of meat to be held humorously in a hot dog bun. For me, I've been subjected to very few open evaluations by women. Actually, two. One was when a woman I walked past turned around to check out my arse, which is rather nice, it must be said. And the other was when a woman was consoling her sobbing friend at a train station, said, there's plenty of good men out there then pointed at me and said, there's one. Both these events happened 15 years ago, and yet I still remember them well, if only because they gave me the confidence boost I never got from anywhere else. Not from a girlfriend, because I was single at the time. Not from work, because, well, the public suck. And not from other men, because men don't compliment one another. So to live out this fantasy, men as a whole make porn and inadvertently encapsulate the remedy to our fears as a concept delivered neater and faster than anything you can buy on Amazon. We want to be wanted. We want women to be our equals and pull the same sort of juvenile shit we'd do if we were given half a chance. You know, like if you're on the sofa on your phone and your wife comes up to you and asks what's for dinner and then just lifts up her skirt. It's the ultimate show, don't tell, that's the crux of this argument. Of course, of course being told is good too, given the correct circumstance. A whispered come on here or even as one ex gasped to me, you're so big, as I entered her, which is one mind game among many, I'm afraid. Fuck you, Sarah. It's why porn is full of noise. A woman making all kinds of fake moaning or slurring out mutated sexy talk still has merit, limited as it may be. You see, while some dude is drilling away, the usually fake reaction is gratifying because, again, it's validation. The fancy of worthiness or adequacy is on display because the effect is loud and caused by the man being good at what he's doing. Allegedly. Good boy. Have a cookie. Naturally, it would be remiss of me not to examine the other side of the coin. Popular porn also caters to men who want to be in control. One such example is the ascendant category of free use, the idea that man can just do as he pleases when he pleases. Again, falling onto the mosaic of tiles mentioned earlier, a video presents itself, so thank you, algorithm, where a young guy moves in with his stepmother and stepsister. Said stepsister is subject to being touched whenever the guy feels like it, with one scene featuring him railing his stepsister Doggy as she texts a friend while talking to his stepmom about how good the sandwich she just made him is. How's that for multitasking? Well, there are some women, although I know of none personally, I've seen a few posts on Reddit, that want to be taken caveman style. It's an absolute minefield of consent. A friend of mine had this experience and he told us all afterwards and we all said that he took the upstanding gentlemanly course, even though what was presented to him was some men's fantasy and a day in court waiting to happen. You see, said friend had been seeing a woman on and off for a couple of months. A date here, two weeks silence there, rinse and repeat. The culmination of this dog-chasing tale scenario was dinner and a sleepover at her place. Wine was had, conversation shared, a good time for all until bedtime where, as the lights went out, she just 
turned away from him and said goodnight. My friend had been getting positive vibes all evening to the point of thinking that sex was pretty much a guarantee. This new cold shoulder approach gave him the opposite impression and in true gentlemanly fashion he willed his erection away with thoughts of David Cameron a pig's head and went to sleep. The following morning was awkward, as I am told, and a couple of days later he received a text from his date furiously demanding to know why he didn't just come and get what she thought he wanted. She felt rejected because she wanted a man who would take what he wants as Tarzan would Jane even if she just rolled over, said goodnight, and stopped putting out all the signals. She might call such being a real man. I'd call him a borderline rapist. You'd be forgiven for thinking this is merely swapping the roles of passive and active, as discussed with Alex and Sophia earlier, the man taking a passive role and the woman running the risk of being accused of assault. But remember that there was a touchstone. Communication. There was an offer made by a party to allow access to the gentles, which was accepted. As with the fancy of free use, consent is granted prior to any sexual event taking place. The power of the word no remains, as it should, sacrosanct. This is evidence of more progressive attitudes in mainstream porn that pays homage to modern sexual attitudes. Women are empowered to seduce men. Men are allowed to take the back seat. Consent is granted. Don't get me wrong, there's more than one rabbit hole associated with the dark side of human fancies in the industry in general. Coercion, Extreme BDSM, CNC, Sweet Jesus. are all thoughts crystallised in, as with the case of my friend, more than just the male mind. No matter your taste or preference, the question remains, why does this porn exist? To simply say there's a market for it not only oversimplifies the issue, but sidesteps the reason why this market exists in the first place. The reason? Power. Why? Safety. Remember, most porn is made for men, by men. Even if a woman's behind the camera, you have to recall there are makeup artists, sound folks, and a set director making sure all runs as planned. Being seduced makes a man feel desired, which swells <clears throat> an ego that finds validation, perhaps accession in today's world only once or twice in a lifetime. This provides protection against feelings of rejection or inadequacy men so fear because when you're wanted, you feel that you're more than accepted for who you are. You're going to get laid because of it. On the flip side, taking control in a situation mitigates the vulnerability men are uncomfortable with, or as I once overheard, as long as you control the ball, the other team can't score against you. There is safety in the power to be found under the aegis of a trusted person more powerful, or to project it over someone else within the paradigm of a loving consensual relationship. The absolute defining feature of this type of power play, be it on set in the bedroom, is communication. As anyone who's been subjected to all 11 seasons of certain Seattle-based sitcom can tell you, ambiguity will leave you with Fraser Crane's SEX IS WHAT WE WANT attitude, rather than Niles' chipper. I think it's borderline sleazy, let's go for it. Clear and defined boundaries that are strongly adhered to at all times are the order of the day with the BDSM community's popular traffic light system, which is saying yellow for this is my limit and red for stop, the best way of keeping a line of communication open without any sort of roleplay getting in the way. But here we're getting ahead of ourselves. Society isn't going to fix itself overnight. Clear-cut communication may be one thing, but for those that watch porn and think it to be a festival of revolting sexual acts, and I ask you to look again. Look past the fakery and the noises and evaluate the psychology of the men who made it. I guarantee you it's more than what you first thought. I'll barbecue your ass flat. <laughs>